This speech is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. It's the tight. Here we go. It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right. On time. It's tricky. It's tricky. 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 Hello and welcome back to the Husker Half Hour. On today's episode, we will be discussing the 2020 presidential election. <laughs> Psych. We're not doing that. We could, though. We probably could, but perhaps it's best if we don't. We don't have that many listeners, but... Let's try not to piss too many of them off, huh? Well, what are we going to talk about today, Ben? Today, Elijah, we'll be talking about the Nebraska defense. How's it looking going into this year? Can they make a marked improvement this year, a step up from last year, uh, or will we see more of the same? That's the question. Defense. Donald Trump, Joe Biden. It's like a herbal family Thanksgiving. It's all coming up on this Husker Half Hour. See you, see you in a second. They really hawk, but we just walk because we have no So I want to start off talking about the defense by not talking about the defense. Mm-hmm. Bear with me. Okay. It's deep. I'm confused for now, Elijah, as well as our listeners are, I'm sure. I want to start off by talking about Nebraska's first opponent, Ohio State. And to talk about Ohio State... Oh, God, do we have to? To talk about Ohio State, I want to not talk about Ohio State. Okay. I'm even more confused than I was before. Uh, you're losing me, but keep going. Okay. So Ohio State, we know how freaking good they are. Sure, yeah, they keep recruiting like top five uh, recruiting classes nationally. You know, uh, the only person pretty much that they're losing off their offense this year is J.K. Dobbins. He's off with the Baltimore Ravens now, but pretty much they return a full ten. And this is a team that looked really good in the college football playoff last year. Probably should have made the championship game, but they blew it against Clemson. Mm-hmm. Or the refs could have blown it against Clemson too. Depends on how you put it. Sure, but. Ohio State was a damn good team last year. And when you look at the other teams that we knew their offense was going to be good this year, I'm talking Clemson. Mm-hmm. I'm talking Alabama. Mm-hmm. I'm talking the, the top tier teams where we saw their offense last year and we saw how much talent they returned. Okay, you got me back. I'm tracking now. There has not been a sharp decline in the performance of their offense this year. But Elijah, we're talking about defense today. I know, I know, okay, I know. Okay. But like Clemson. Yep. Their offense is still putting up 45 points a game, and they absolutely destroyed Miami yeah. uh, in that game, which Definitely. is a huge game for them. Yeah. Look at Bama, who, weirdly enough, got into a shootout with Ole Miss. Right. That's, put up, this isn't the Big 12. But put up 50-something points. Even SEC. Florida. That's, those, are big tw- those are Big 12 scoreboards right there. Yeah, even Florida. We, we were expecting their offense to be good. Kyle Trask was back. He's looked phenomenal. They lost to Texas, Texas A&M, but it's still been putting up at least 40 points a game. Mm-hmm. The offenses that we've expected to be good have picked up right where they've left off from last season. Right. Ohio State is a team, offensively, that everyone's expecting to be good this year. Yeah, they will pick up where they left off after only losing Uh, If if what we've seen from around the country holds true with Ohio State, that offense could be even better than it was last year, and that offense absolutely steamrolled Nebraska's defense last year. Yep. There was a 0% chance that Nebraska could stop anything that they wanted to do. Yeah. Did they have to punt? When did they punt? How long did it take to punt in that game last year? I believe they punted at one point in the second quarter, right? Mm-hmm. Or is it third quarter? I think I distinctly remember celebrating when they punted, though, like from the watch party. Because it having. had been like three years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this Ohio State team, again, mm-hmm. as I said, is going to pick up where they left off. Right. So yeah, we're going to get 
a chance to see how much Nebraska's defense has improved. Right. Let's come back at the end of end of the episode as our concluding concluding point. This makes me think that Ohio State are twenty one point favorites in the game this Saturday. Let's talk about Nebraska's defense, and by the end of the episode, have an answer to whether or not we think the twenty one point favoritism is correct. Okay. Shall we? Yeah. Okay. That's the big question we're answering today. We should do that more often in this show. We should have a big question that gets answered by the end of the episode. This is my teacher brain happening right now. Big big question is 21 point favorites, yes or no? Answer by the end of the episode. Okay. Let's get in right into the Husker defense then. Okay. And just discuss last year's failures. Right. And what can improve this year. Sure. The big point, which I've heard a lot about through the press conferences of fall camp, mm-hmm. is Nebraska's run defense and ability to tackle. Do you think we've heard most about that because I feel like it got brought up quite a bit last year. I think we're hearing the most because about it because our run defense fucking sucks. <laughs> so I was, terrible. I was trying to be deep and think of some reason that it keeps getting brought up, but I guess that works too. It's because we gave up 5.7 yards per carry last year in Big Ten play. Yeah. Which is unacceptable to say the least. 5.7 yards per carry mm-hmm. means they can hand it off twice and they have a first down. Yep. <laughs> you can't get off the field on third down if they're getting a first down before they even get to third down. Definitely. On two handoffs. Right. So that's I, I think that's just where we got to start here. Sure. It, what do you want to say? I'm though? just curious. I mean, obviously, it, we're just focusing on last year. We're not even talking about this year yet. Um, where did you feel like the weakness was there? I mean, we, we, had, we had three NFL caliber linemen. Um we had both the twins and uh, Daniels in the middle, right? We thought maybe that would solve some problems for us. Clearly, it was still an issue. Do you see the run issue? I already know how you're going to answer this, but I'm going to I'm going to ask it anyway. Do you see the inability to stop the run as a defensive line issue, a middle backer issue? Where do you see this issue? Why not both? Yeah. It's it's a it's an issue. One is compounded by the other. Yes. So first off, when you look at those three guys last year, all of them were great talents. Uh-huh. Uh, especially, I think Darian was a perfect fit for that Nebraska defense last Definitely, year. Definitely, yeah. But the Davis twins were not built to be three four defensive ends. Mm-hmm. They were built to be three techniques in a four three defense. Yep. They were built, meant to be playing a, lined up outside the guard, and we mm-hmm. talked about that a lot last year. Mm-hmm. They were playing out of scheme, so I'm gr- great for them that yeah. they wouldn't got an NFL chance. But they're playing out of position, and those were three guys that. I mean, towards the end of the year, how often did you see them on the field all together at the same time? You yeah. were having a lot of issues with guys getting fatigued, going off the field. Yep, new yep. guys coming in, new inexperienced guys coming in. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I, I think, especially early in games, whenever mm-hmm. you could have those three guys playing fresh, mm-hmm. things were all right. Mm-hmm. You didn't see many teams just hand the ball off, aside from Minnesota, early in the game and just jam it down Nebraska's throats. Yeah. But I think as the game went on, those guys got tired. In a in a three four system, you have two gap responsibility. Mm-hmm. The nose guard is lined up head up on the center, so he's got both a gaps. If the run starts going right, he's got to get that right a gap or a gap to the right of him. And then same with the defensive ends, where they're going to be lined up head up on the tackle. Yep, you're making a read, run one way or the other. Yep. You're, you're covering two gaps here. Yep. If you get beat as a defensive lineman, mm-hmm. uh, that means a linebacker is going to have to make an exceptional play to make up for you. Yeah, because he is now no longer playing his gaps. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, with all that in mind, yeah, it's it, it, it's it's a problem with both 
yeah. issues because there were even times whenever the the defensive line did a good job, mm-hmm. and then Moberry shot through, missed a tackle. Sure. And let's just say Jonathan Taylor, for example, still picked up four or five yards. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, this reminds me of the conversation we had as we were discussing. You know, we, we you and I said we were going to have an episode on the run offense and the pass offense. We had discussed maybe having a run defense and a pass defense. Um breakdown of our two episodes and you said let's just do like a full defense episode one because maybe we can kind of abbreviate some things down into bigger defensive ideas but also because what we've heard a lot of from the coaches is that you want to say there's an issue in the run in the run defense then that's 11 guys on the field who need to stop the run you want to say there's an issue in the pass defense there's 11 guys on the field who need to to stop the pass Mm -hmm. um cohesively as a unit um, maybe there's some uniqueness about, about defense and how we look at it compared to offense. Maybe offense, you can, you can break it down into, we're a really good running team. That's our bread and butter. Not as great on the pass, right? Or stylistically, you can choose different styles of offense on defense. You need everybody to be involved in everything, right? Yeah. I, 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 I just like look at it offensively. You can still run the ball if you have three receivers who can't catch a damn pass. Yeah. If they have absolute stone hands, it's okay. You can still run the ball. You can yeah. still get yards. Or even like, yeah, look at Army or, or, or I guess Navy, right? In the mm-hmm. way that they, they run their offense, right? Like, we're just going to run it at you because statistically that's what we do. Yeah. But then you look at a defense where you could have the best secondary in the world. But eventually, someone's still going to get open if your defensive line can't get to the quarterback and he's got 10 seconds to throw back there. Mm-hmm. Eventually, somebody will get open. Or... Conversely, you could have a great pass rush that could get there in three seconds. Mm-hmm. But if you have a bad secondary, someone will come open in two and a half. Right. And the quarterback can find a way to get them the ball. So mm-hmm. it, it takes all 11 to stop the pass. And with the run, mm-hmm. it's all about run fits. Mm-hmm. It takes all 11 to stop the run, too. Because what happens whenever the defensive line, inside linebackers play it great, and the running back bounces it outside? Right. You need a quarterback who can get off a block with a receiver and make a play, make a tackle. Or you you need a safety who can come up and fill that hole just outside the uh, the outside linebacker. Mm -hmm. Um, Say Jojo Doman shoots inside, blows up the play, Jonathan Taylor bounces it outside. Right. You still need all 11 guys that can go flow to the ball and make a play because just because your defensive line wins the the battle for line of scrimmage does not mean you have won a run rep. Yeah. Which is opposite on the offense. If your offensive line wins at the line of scrimmage, you have now won that rep. Yep. It's a much smaller group of people you need to worry about. Whereas on defense, mm-hmm. everybody, everybody, everybody needs to get to the ball to go make a play. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Um, so backtracking back into the issues of last year, right? Every play we have one guy missing assignment. We have one guy out of position. Um, like you were saying, we have a Davis twin take the wrong gap. We take... Whatever it is, JoJo Doman's playing out of position. Sometimes he makes a great play, sometimes he doesn't, right? Inside linebackers, I mean, we've got Mo Berry, who is consistent um, and huge for our defense, but outside of that, did we have anybody who could step up behind him? Mo Berry was great against the run, mm-hmm. but he looked lost at times against the pass. Too. Yeah, in open space, he's, he wasn't great, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I still have hope for this defense for this year, mm-hmm. just because I don't think the pieces that were lost last year were irreplaceable. Mm, okay. Who, so yeah, we lose, lose some defensive starters on the line. The guys you lose, we lose you, Mo Berry. You lose the Davis twins. You lose Mo Berry. Uh, and you lose hurts. Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. But aside from that, mm-hmm. a lot of pieces that you think, hopefully after another year in the Duval strength training system can yeah. step up. Yeah. I, Let's let's where do we start then as we talk about well 
do we stay on the run defense here for a little bit? What what can we improve this year, run defense wise? In in your opinion, with who is on the field? Tackling. Mm-hmm. I think that's the number one thing, and that's the thing I'm most concerned with this defense. Mm-hmm. In a weird COVID year where you haven't been able to throw the pads on since pretty much last time you played yeah. against Iowa. Mm-hmm. Whenever the, their practice week against Iowa was pretty much the last time that these guys had pads on and were tackling. Yeah, up until what? Uh, about two weeks ago. Oof, yeah. If you want to talk about how much it hurts not to make a bowl and not have that extra practice time, really feeling it this year potentially. Yeah, and then you're going to have to go straight from padless, we're doing walkthroughs, we're installing, mm-hmm. and then boom, we got to be physical. We got to remember how to tackle. Yeah, against. And guess what? Oof. The best team in, in the conference is coming, or I guess we're going there mm-hmm. week one, mm-hmm. and you got to tackle Justin Fields. Yep. Good luck. Yeah. So it's that, that's the number one thing I am most concerned about because I, I have confidence that snacks mm-hmm. Damian Daniels has mm-hmm. learned a lot from his brother. Mm-hmm. He's slimmed down. He's mm-hmm. in better shape. I, I think he is going to be just as good, if not better than Darian was last year at the nose guard position. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be able to play more snaps than Darian. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he's become a leader in that room. That's what it seems like the other defensive linemen are saying. Yeah. Plus you have a guy like Ty Robinson who can come in and play defensive end and he's built to be a three, four defensive end. Mm. Unlike the Davis twins. Right. Yep. Got that length and that, what is he? Six, six, uh, Uh, up over 300, 300 something. Yeah. Yeah. And then you also have a guy like Ben Stilley played a lot of football for Nebraska. He's never really turned that corner, made that last stride. Yeah. But he's still a guy you know what you're going to get with him, mm-hmm. especially in the run game. Yeah. I think it's it's nice to have a proven commodity, and if he does take the next step this year, awesome. And then behind that, so many depth guys that I think we haven't seen him in a game yet. We don't, we're not sure what spark they can make. Yeah. I look at Keem Green. Mm-hmm. I look at Jordan Riley, who is freaking massive. Yeah. 6'6", 340, Jordan Riley. Huge dude. Haven't had a body like that in the D-line room in a while. Mm-hmm. There's just so many pieces that I think can come in and make a name for themselves. Yeah, there's there's definitely a space to to see what kind of playmakers come out of this. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the piece that we get super excited about that pass that pass rush, and we we are curious on who can bring the pressure there, but who can be consistent in that run defense? Who can who can plug gaps? Who can play their position well? Especially from the new guys, right? Maybe there's some guys with some really good talent who can come in and bring some pressure, um, but are they disciplined? Can they get out there in Big Ten play week one, Ohio State, play their position? Um, I don't know. We're, we're definitely, like you were saying, there's a lot of guys who have the frames now that we're recruiting for, for our system. We're getting there. Some of the recruiting's finally catching up. Some of those guys are getting in. Um, we'll see. We'll see what it looks like in real life. I don't know. Still, he's really the only guy we've seen out there consistently. My, my take on the D-line is there will be growing pains, mm-hmm. and we're going to see some mistakes that you didn't see on the D-line last year. Yeah. But I, I look at it like the offensive line last year, mm-hmm. where I, I think with the offensive line last year, people were expecting some mistakes. A lot of a, a young group, but yeah. this is a group of D-linemen mm-hmm. that they might get exposed against Ohio State. Yeah. I'm prepared to see that. Yeah. Uh, I've readied myself for that already, but it's a, it's a group that's going to get a lot better as the year goes on. They're going to work through some of their mistakes. They're not going to make those same mistakes again. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think come games five, six, seven, eight, we're going to see a group that's completely different than week one. Yeah. That, that's, that's my take on it is these guys mm-hmm. need some experience against big 10 offensive lines. Mm-hmm. It might be a struggle early, but I don't, <laughs> I don't think by the end of the year, it's going to be a weak spot of the defense. You know, I even just, that reminds me of going back to Ty Robinson's quote last, last year or going into this season about his playtime last year where he realized, uh, I cannot relate, rely on my talent anymore. There's some big, big 10 
office offensive linemen that I'm lining up against. Um, hopefully a lot more guys on our roster on the D line experience that this year um, can kind of grow into, into feeling what it feels like to, to not be able to just rely on your, your talent out there, but to play your position, play your gap. Um, uh, I think you're right. A lot of growth over the course of the year. I think if, if we're talking about this year still being a transition year for Nebraska looking forward, I think you see that for sure on the, on the D line, this is definitely a transition year that hopefully we get some experience and, maybe looking forward into next year is, is where we, we see some of that leadership and improve ability as people feel confident. But, Before we get into to linebackers, a yeah. big plus for this D line group mm-hmm. is the fact that they're going up against a very experienced offensive line every single day in practice. Yeah. So you're, you're not going to have to wait for game one to go up against big 10 offensive linemen. Yeah. You, ha- you have a group of guys who have made it through the rigors of a big 10 season against mm-hmm. some very good defensive lines multiple times now. Yeah. Hmm. And those are guys that you're going to be getting better when you're going up against them in practice every single day. Mm-hmm. So while I do think it's a struggle mm-hmm. early in the season, I think that this this defensive line already knows what it's they're, what it's going to have to take to go up against these mm-hmm. teams. They just need to go show with consistency that they can handle it. Who are you most excited for on the defensive line? Ty Robinson. Okay. I'm buying big stock in Ty Robinson right now. Yeah. Uh, I think he is a guy who's driven. He's motivated. He just looks absolutely massive compared to last season. He was a guy who put in a lot of work in the, uh, the weight room during mm-hmm. COVID. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he's a, a perfect scheme fit for that three, four defensive end spot. Yeah. I think he's a much better fit than the Davis twins. He's faster. He's more explosive. And uh, I'm not sure if we know he's stronger yet, but I think he is going to be able to play a two gap from a defensive end better than we saw from the Davis twins. Yeah, definitely. Um, it'd be interesting to see how Jordan Riley steps up this year. Yeah. Um, definitely. I'm, I'm excited for him as well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Definitely going into last year. I was, I think all of us felt as Husker fans excited to see what Darian was going to do out there. That was something we talked about a lot in the off season. Uh, and it was fun in that first couple games to see how he played. Um, I think I feel a similar feeling with the defensive line this year where I'm willing to, <laughs> like you said, I'm willing to see them get burned in the first couple games. Uh, I'm really excited about some of those guys though, to, to see what they actually look like on the field and maybe have some of that excitement of the potential that they have. Um, should we move to inside backer before we get to inside backer? Let's mm-hmm. quickly move to outside backer. Yeah. I don't want to spend too much time on this. Uh, I feel like that. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I mean, there is just, it's three guys that, yep. you know, are going to have to step up. Mm-hmm. You got Jojo Doman. You got Garrett Nelson. You got Caleb Tanner. Yep. We have been waiting and waiting and waiting to see Caleb Tanner. Yep. Caleb Tanner. Another guy I mentioned kind of like Ronald Tompkins a few episodes back. Everyone wanted him coming out of, uh, out of high school. Mm-hmm. Big talent from the South. Yep. I remember his signing day video where he put on the hat and then tossed it, put on the hat and tossed it and put on Nebraska's hat. People were excited for Caleb Tanner. He's a big get for the Huskers and we have not seen that translate to the field yeah, yet. Nope. If we want production from outside backers, you know what you're going to get from Jojo. Yep. Jojo showed it last year. Uh, he's very Luke Giffordy yeah. in my book where mm-hmm. yeah, he'll mess up a few assignments, but he's also about the only guy in that defense that I think he can make a splash play. He can make a play that can turn the momentum of a drive and, you know, stop a running back four yards deep, mm-hmm. set up an offense in second and 14 and just completely shift the momentum of a drive. Sure. That's yeah. about the only guy in defense. I can see that I can live with the mistakes from Jojo. I think we're going to see a lot of Jojo on the field this year. Mm-hmm. On the other side, Caleb Tanner. I haven't seen him make a splash play ever. I've barely even seen him on the field. Right. Garrett Nelson. He made a lot of uh, freshman mistakes last year. He, he, he can make a step this year, but it's those three guys. Yeah. You also have Phil Darius Payne who's coming in from Juco, but I'm not expecting him to make a splash yet because no. he's been playing defensive line his entire it, time. It was big news just a couple weeks ago when when they announced that at the press conference that he had made that shift from kind of more of an end-end rushing position into that outside backer position. 
uh, initially very excited about it. Initially, um, I think there's a lot of talk about it. As it settled on me, I think I've decided. Uh, it's not I don't the think best that's thing. a good sign, right? Exactly. Um, Nick Henrich is another guy who's an inside backer who they tried out a little bit at outside linebacker, decided to move him back to the inside linebacker spot, mm-hmm. which is concerning, right? Because it means that they're not desperate to get guys that can play outside linebacker, but they know that they need more guys there. Right. Yeah. So I, I think we're just going to see a lot more pass rush from the interior D linemen. Mm-hmm. Um, if the outside linebackers can be average in the big 10, it's okay. Hmm. Other guys can pick up the slack in my book. Yeah. What the outside linebackers there are there for in a Scott Frost, Eric Schneider defense is the splash plays. I think yeah. Jojo can step up and do that. Exactly. Okay. Interesting. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if we can consistently. They're not going to consistently get those splash plays. I know. Oh, that, I, I, I shouldn't discount their ability to set the edge and take on blocks and be able to overpower a tight end. I shouldn't. I yeah. shouldn't discount that. Yeah, but, but it's just key in this defense. They want to cause disruption um, from what we we've seen in the past. Right? We want turnovers. We want um, incomplete passes, fumbles. Um, keep the offense. You know, make enough disruption plays to get the ball back to your offense, where the offense outscores their offense. It's kind of how this this defensive system works for Shenander. Um, so I don't know. Can can they play fast? Can can those outside linebackers run downhill, create havoc? I, that's the only place I see there being any sort of pass pressure from this defense, because Stilly in the past hasn't been able to to provide any sort of pressure on the quarterback from the edge. At least not reliably. Yeah, no. He's he's very consistent, very reliable at his position. He plays his gap, I think, pretty reliably, even sometimes better than than either of the twins did. But he's not like a Randy Gregory or Malik Collins where you know third and long, he's going to be getting pressure. Yeah. That's what you knew with those guys. Yeah. I don't see that with anybody on this defense right now. You know, okay, they're going to be able to get pressure come third and long, and that's what scares me with this team. Yeah, definitely. I think we'll see progress in that department as the year goes on. Maybe somebody will step up. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, there's not a single guy where I look at and go, ah, third and 15, the defense has got to circle this guy. Yeah, definitely. I think the one thing with Feldarius Payne is that if you bring him up, if you bring him, you know, you show the blitz right away, you kind of turn it into a, a four-man front right off the bat, maybe have him kind of in a standing edge rush kind of situation. Can he overpower guys? Can he create pressure that way? Maybe more so. I don't see him much as a true outside linebacker like the other guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, even JoJo, do you call him a true outside linebacker? Um, anyway, it, it'll be interesting to see if, if they kind of bring in Feldarius like that. At least the dream exists that we can start getting some pressure. Um, but I think, for me, the outside linebacker is the weakest position on this defensive group, the, even, the question, even above the D-line. Go the ahead. question to me is... The outside linebackers kind of – JoJo Doman, we know he's mm-hmm. probably going to be out there a lot. Mm-hmm. The question is, can either Caleb Tanner or Garrett Nelson make a big stride from where they were last year? Fingers crossed, Garrett Nelson. I'm rooting for you, buddy. Big Garrett Nelson fan. Yeah. Big Garrett Nelson fan. I yeah. hope he can make that step. But that's the question with the outside linebackers Definitely. is who's going to be that second guy to step up yep. and make some plays. Yep. On to the inside linebackers. Uh, we got about – 10 minutes left here yeah. in the segment. So we're going to talk inside backers and then to secondary. Definitely. Uh, I think secondary is strength. So we'll finish with that one because yeah. there's not too many questions in my book there. Sure. Uh, inside linebackers. There are, mm-hmm. you know, the two guys who are going to be trotting out there against Ohio state. Uh, once Nebraska either kicks off or punts to Ohio state. Yeah. You, you, you know who the two guys are going to be. It's going to be Will Honus and it's yep. going to be Colin, Colin Miller. Miller. Yep. I think Colin Miller, if he can at least just improve from where he was last year is an upgrade on what we had with Muhammad Berry last year. Mm, interesting. 
Muhammad Barry brought energy mm-hmm. to the defense, which I think would have been huge in a year with no fans in the stands. You need to have energy on that field. Yeah. But I think Colin Miller brings a much more stable presence to the pass defense. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who is much more comfortable in space. I think he can guard crossing routes, mm-hmm. uh, cover crossing routes, I guess I, sh- I should say. And I-, I trust him. Will Honus is another guy where it, it looked like he was running in mud whenever he showed up at Nebraska. Right. Uh, and then he had that knee injury rehabbed well. He seems to be doing better, and I-, I trust him to come up and fill the run. He's another guy I don't necessarily trust in the pass defense. Yeah. But I wonder, that. could he be a guy that you pull off the field in third and passing down? Yeah. Or third and passing distance? Yeah, interesting. Yeah. What kind of hmm. – can these guys create any sort of havoc? Can they, can they, I, I think both of them have proven that they can, um, maybe not proven, but their strength is definitely filling, filling down, filling into a run sort of situation, like mm-hmm. running downhill into the right, cor- correct gap, um, and stopping a, a run play, I think is, is obviously their strength. That's kind of what you're saying. Yeah. Um, my, my big question with them is the question for the entire defense tackling. Mm-hmm. Who is going to step up and be that guy to fill the hole and not just blow up a play, but to bring the running back down? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's multiple times last year where you think there's a splash play mm-hmm. and then J.K. Dobbins or Jonathan Taylor, or name a Big Ten running back, right. wriggles free, gets himself three, four yards, gets himself into more manageable second and six as opposed to second and 11, mm-hmm. and it changes the momentum of that of those three plays. Yeah, I think we definitely got to just get a lot of hats on the tackle, a lot of, a lot of guys there, um, I, which – it felt like we were better at last year than the previous year in terms of getting guys, getting guys to the ball. Once, once a middle backer filled in and, and hit a running back, getting a lot of guys there on the tackle. One of the more interesting things to me that was brought up in coach Rude's press conference was Mm -hmm. that he said that the issues you see with tackling aren't necessarily tackling issues. Mm -hmm. One of the things that they've worked on this year, in addition to tackling is knowing where your help is on defense Yeah, is knowing as an inside linebacker filling outside, do you have help from a corner outside? Is that more likely? Or are you more likely to, to over, do you want to over, uh, pursue, over pursue? Thank mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and force him back inside. Cause you know that you got your other linebacker coming to help you to clean up. Yeah. So it's, it's big about, or especially as an outside linebacker, do you want to make sure he doesn't get outside here? Or do you know that based on the play action here that you're going to have help outside and you can kind of, risk things and go for yeah. a, a splash play. And that that's, that's where they say yeah. they, they've been trying to work on tackling is just knowing where's, where's your help. help. Yeah, sure. Especially for um, Will Honus with the big cojones and Miller as seniors. Hopefully they've had some, some time here to actually run the system. And I, that's so much of that is schematic and, and system wise of being comfortable with what's going on, which is something that they did talk about with, with the COVID break of guys being able to maybe, mentally understand the system a little bit better not having time on the field but having time to to watch film um does the defense understand the system better this year can we make adjustments can we make calls come game time what do you think elijah of all of the hype hype in air quotes um with luke reimer um i like the kid yeah okay i like the kid we watched him last year he's one of those guys where he always seems to be in and around the ball mm-hmm uh, who do I think of? I this is a terrible comparison. This isn't, this isn't a comparison at all. Mm-hmm. But who do I think of as a guy who is just no matter where the guy is tackled, you always see this guy around him. It's it's Levante David. Mm-hmm. You watch Levante David play football, and Levante David, when somebody gets tackled on the field, is usually within three to five yards of where that guy is if he's not the guy making the tackle. Mm-hmm. And from the the film I saw of Luke Reimer last year, uh, I think Ohio State week. I think uh, who's was it Rutgers? Rutgers, he played a lot. The guy was always right around the guy. 
who was getting who had the ball who was getting tackled. Hmm. He, he flows hard. He is motivated to get to the ball and to make the tackle. And he's a guy who loves football from all accounts, from his teammates, from his coaches. Yeah. Uh, there's a reason he got put on scholarship after one year as a walk-on from North Star and a pretty unheralded walk-on at that. Mm-hmm. There are some guys that walk on Nebraska and you go, oh, sweet, awesome. We got him as a walk-on. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Luke Reimer was not one of those guys. He made for name for himself real fast. And I think that Coach Rude sees a little bit of himself in Luke Reimer. I think that's why that Luke Reimer has kind of gotten fast-tracked like this is I think – Coach Rude sees yeah. a guy from Lincoln who loves getting to the ball, who loves the game of football, who's willing to put in the extra effort to get on the field for the Huskers. Yeah. That's who Coach Rude was, and I think he sees himself in Reimer, and I think uh, that's why Reimer's been doing so well is because yeah. they're 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 from the same pod. Yeah, they're like they're they're similar people. Yeah, yeah interesting. Um, so definitely returning production wise, inside linebacker, we're going to see Colin Miller, Will Honus, both uh, came. They tied for second last year in terms of of tackles on the defense behind Mo Berry. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're returning the most experience in production. Um, but who are these younger guys that we're bringing in? Yeah, that, Nick Hendrick, Luke Reimer. Can they get on the field situationally? Um, can we get them some experience? If we give them experience, do they end up shining brighter than Miller or Honus? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's just a, a forward-thinking play to, to get them on the field a little bit. Um, Before we go secondary? Yeah, go ahead. All right, so I'll just preview the secondary. Oh, sorry. I thought you had like another point. No, I, I think we got to get into the secondary. Oh, yeah, we got to do go. that. Yeah, yeah, we, we definitely do. So strength of the defense here, um, returning from last year, um, not losing a lot of talent. Only Lamar Jackson. Only Lamar Jackson. Um so is it a while it's a strength, is it enough of a strength? Does this does it do you think it brings up the level of the overall defense to have this strong of a secondary? Or I mean, if we don't stop the run, obviously uh, Big Ten offenses Simply put, this yeah. is the only secondary from Nebraska that I've seen since Bo Pliny got fired uh-huh. that is willing to go hit some dudes in the run. Sure. They're willing to go blow up blocks. They're willing to put their body on the line yeah. to, to help out the front seven. Mm-hmm. I have not seen that since Bo Pliny left Nebraska. Mm-hmm. You have Cam Taylor Britt, who honestly, whenever he goes and hits people, I am more worried about him hurting himself. Mm-hmm. That is a guy that puts his body on the line yep. to stop the offense. Another guy uh, is Deontay Williams. Mm-hmm. Exactly the same mold. Uh, I remember his Michigan State performance which is just about all we've seen from him. He came on late that season, but mm. he looked great. He's mm. a guy who loves football. He loves to hit. Mm. And we, we we missed his presence last year. The defense did. Yeah. And then next to him at the safety spot is uh, Markel Dismuke. Mm-hmm. Another guy likes to hit, likes to hit people hard. Uh, he needs to work on his coverage skills a little bit, uh, but I still think he is better than most Big Ten safeties mm-hmm. at this point um, because of his experience, because of how many years he's put in here. Uh, it's a senior year now. He's, yep. he's ready to go. Uh, and you got two safeties who I think combined are going to be hitting dudes harder than just about any other safeties in the Big Ten. Mm. And then the, the the last guy you got to talk about in the secondary is uh, DiCaprio Boodle. Yep. And what, what else do you have to say about him? Consistent lockdown. Uh, he's been consistent for the past two years where he, he gets burnt once a game maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> he's still one of the fastest guys in the team and tends to make up with it with his speed. Whenever he does get burnt, it's usually not for a touchdown. It's for 30 yards, 20 yards, something yeah. like that. Uh-huh. Um, if he can start limiting those small mental errors, the, the secondary looks strong, and they also have the most depth of anyone in the defense. Yeah, definitely. Um, we're sitting at, what is it, like three of those guys are seniors. We got one junior. 
um, out of the names you listed. Is depth an issue for this experienced secondary? Mm -mm. I think they have some of the strongest depth in the entire team. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nabab Joseph was a huge Juco uh, pickup. He's Mm going to be the guy backing up Cam Taylor Britt at cornerback. Uh, you also have Noah Pola Gates, mm-hmm. who's a big time get coming in as he's going to be a backup safety. But in terms um, of Miles, experience, Miles I guess, Farmer backup safety. Yeah. And the thing about the the secondary is it's okay if one of those guys goes down right. because then you have three guys coming in to help the inexperienced guy who we've heard great things about: from right. Miles Farmer, Noah Pola Gates, Nabab Joseph, sure. uh, Quentin Newsom, all mm-hmm. these guys. Mm-hmm. You've heard great things about them. And if they got to step up and play with three guys who are some of the more experienced secondary members in the Big Ten, mm-hmm. I, I think I still feel comfortable. Yeah, definitely. The big loss before the season was we did learn that Braxton Clark is out for the year with a shoulder injury. Uh, I think he's got NFL written all over him mm. because of his speed, his six foot three frame. Dude's massive, long arms. Yep. Uh, he's a big loss. I think he would have been one of the key contributors to step up um, if there were any injuries. Yeah. But the secondary room is still so deep that. I think Travis Fisher's just done a great job building that. And it's the the place in the team where I've seen the most development since Scott Frost has come in. Yeah. Hmm. Fascinating. Do you, like I was saying, so the strength in the secondary, um, does that mitigate some of the lack of strength up front in the box? Um, kind of, but no, mm-hmm. I think it, it helps you, uh, in past defense, obviously, because, if you have a bad secondary and a bad pass rush, it's easy to get to just get 400 yards thrown for you. But if you got a good secondary and an average pass rush, yeah, it can be good enough to get you off the field in third yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be the key, I suppose, huh? If we can lock down on on third down in the secondary, are we going to have any of those guys step up in the pass rush? We talked a lot about about the run game, the run defense there for a while. We didn't talk so much about about pass rush, pass defense a little bit, right? But who are those guys that? that are going to be able to bring some pressure. If our secondary is this good, if we can lock down um, the pass, can we get to the quarterback? Can we? That's what we've been asking ourselves for the past three years. Yeah. That's what I'll be watching for in the Ohio state game Mm -hmm. is who can make an individual splash play to go get to the quarterback. Mm. That's what it's going to take to get off the field on third down. Yeah. You need an individual in the secondary to make a great break on the ball. Mm -hmm. The Justin Fields and those receivers at Ohio state, there's got to be great individual performances, either getting to Justin Fields, getting some pressure, making him move around in the pocket. Mm-hmm. That's going to hurt his accuracy. Or if you can't get a pass rush, you need some guy in the secondary that is just going to be able to lock up his guy, which is tough to do. Yeah. Great players at Ohio State. Chris Olive is one I think of that might just burn Nebraska this week. Mm. Good segue, Elijah, into the final point. We have to answer the question. 21 point Vegas line. Is it realistic? Do you think... That is merited. Obviously, we've talked about that Ohio State offense bringing back um, 10 of 11 starters. Is 21 points too much? Is it just right? Is it not enough? You're the Vegas guy recently. Uh, 21 and a half seems about right to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to know early in this game. Mm. Ohio State's first two drives, you're going to know, A, can Nebraska get them out of their rhythm? If they're getting a lot of third and less than fives, it's going to be a long day for the Huskers. Yeah. But if they can get some third and eights, third and nines early, I don't even care if Ohio State picks them up early. They're mm. a good team. They're going to get theirs. And whenever it's third and nine, if Justin Fields can make a play and get off and keep his offense rolling, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. But if they are consistently getting themselves into third and three, third and four, third and two, mm-hmm. it's going to be a long day for that Husker defense. Just because whenever you're in third and three, third and two, it gives the offense a two-way go. As a defensive lineman, you can't pin your ears back and go rush the passer. You got to stop and you got to wait and make sure it's not a run play. Right. And then once you see it's not a run play, you got to get to the passer. And by then, Justin Fields has too much time to pick you apart. Mm. So that that's what you got to watch for early in this game. Yeah. Is if the Huskers can just 
get them in get Ohio State out of rhythm. Mm-hmm. That that's my big thing I'm watching for from the defense. Mm-hmm. The Huskers offense has got to go put up 35 points to stay competitive. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That was what I was going to say is I think the only thing that will prove the 21 point gap to not be true is if the Husker offense comes out on fire mm-hmm. and and get it done. If it's an offensive shootout, I think that's the only way it's it's under the 21 points. Um I don't know. That's uh it's going to be interesting. I I uh, think I'm, I'm excited to see what storylines we're going to be talking about next what week. What was the what was the gap last year? It was big. It was like didn't we lose like 45 to 10? Oh god. Something brutal. So perfect. Hmm. Anyway, sorry, you're saying the storylines next week after we yeah, it's just, maybe want to like erase our memories from this Saturday potentially. I'm going to be interested to see. It's we're, we're going to know early 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 in that game whether or not it's going to be close. Mm-hmm. As I said, yeah. It's getting Ohio State to a third and medium to third and long. Mm-hmm. If that's happening a lot, I still think Nebraska can hang in there. Ohio State's going to get their points. Yeah. But that's that's the big question. Is yeah. It's not a question of Nebraska's offense this week. Yeah. Uh, it's a question of Nebraska's defense holding Ohio State to as many points as their offense can score, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. At least go, like, punch for punch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think if, if we're going to beat Ohio State week one's the week to do it, um, Ohio State at home in the mostly empty stadium, is that weird for them? Is that uncomfortable for them? Can Nebraska get a little hype being there? Um, can we bring our own energy? Can we bring our own fire? Um, have we been practicing stronger this offseason than Ohio State has? Has Ohio State been complacent? Have they not been in the weight room quite as consistently? Have they not been watching film quite as consistently? Can Nebraska show up, prep a bunch into Ohio State? Um, if we're going to beat them, this is the first game is, is the, the game to beat them, yeah. in my opinion. As we adjust to this COVID season, mm-hmm. this is the game to do it. So, uh, Nebraska's just got to get out there and throw the first punch. Yeah, definitely. Not even throw the first punch, land the first punch. Mm-hmm. Nebraska gets on the board first. Another thing I'm looking at, that's going to be like, okay, maybe Nebraska came to play. Yeah, definitely. Anything else you want to add before we sign off for I the week? I think that's it. It feels like fall, man. It's getting a little colder. We're past those 80-degree days. How, uh, feel, how good does it feel to have Husker football back? It feels so good. It feels like a natural rhythm in the season. Uh, it feels like, I don't know, it feels normal. It gives us something to talk about. Feels like actual fall now. I'm excited to get out and tailgate in my backyard. <laughs> uh, it feels it feels good. How's it feel for you? It's, it's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's Husker football's back. Yeah. I, I can't get the smile off my face this week. Yeah. Well, that's it for the Husker half hour plus ten minutes today. Hey. Hope you enjoyed it. I had a lot to talk about as we talk about the defense. Mm-hmm. It's gonna take all eleven guys in both facets of uh, both passing the ball, running the ball. Mm-hmm got to have some guys step up who's going to make the splash play for the huskers this year that's that's the big question who's going to be the guy making the splash plays hey guys that's all we got we will see you next week stay safe stay healthy for that husker football game wear a mask remember life is about more than football hey don't get too down on yourself if nebraska gets absolutely curb stomped by ohio state we still got a whole season afterwards so uh, and in quick succession, Wisconsin. So if you want to be sad, be sad after week two when we still haven't won a game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in. It's the Husker Half Hour. Ben Herbal, Elijah Herbal. See you later.